Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Digicel enters agreement to sell Pacific operations and focus on its Caribbean and Latin American markets. 100 Caribbean businesses to benefit from non-reimbursable grant. CARICOM gets $2.5 million in further COVID-19 assistance from USAID. St. Lucia reaffirms commitment to Escazoo Agreement and trade wind voyages postpone Caribbean season. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, October 25th. We start a report today with a look at moves by regional telecommunications provider Digicel. Mondo Vision reports that Digicel has entered into a binding agreement to sell its Pacific operations to Telstra at up to 1.85 billion US dollars, a purchase price reflecting market and network strength and future growth. According to the article, Digicel to focus on its 26 Caribbean and Latin American markets. Digicel Holding Group has entered into an agreement to sell Digicel Pacific Limited, its wholly owned subsidiary, to a subsidiary of the Australian telecommunication company Telstra Corporation Limited, valuing Digicel Pacific at up to 1.85 billion US dollars, inclusive of a three-year 250 million US dollar earnout and subject to customary post-closing adjustments. The transaction, which remains subject to customary government and regulatory approvals, is expected to be complete in the first quarter of 2022. Dennis O'Brien, Digicel founder and chairman, said, I am very pleased that today's agreement with Telstra, our very near neighbor in the Pacific, will further enhance Digicel Pacific limited infrastructure, data, and call termination links with one of the largest and most reliable networks in Australia. I thank my colleagues in the South Pacific and beyond who have made today possible, and I remain committed to ensuring a successful transition in my ongoing role as director of the newly formed holding company for Digicel Pacific Limited. From Digicel Perspectives today marks a very successful realization of a strategic investment following our entry into the South Pacific in 2006, Mr. O'Brien added. Caribbean Direct reports that as Caribbean firms continue to grapple with the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Caribbean Export Development Agency, with the continued generous support of the European Union, are once again providing critical assistance by making available the second round of direct support grant to micro, medium and small enterprises. Firms in 15 Caribbean countries, CARIFORM, can apply for the non-reimbursable grant of up to 30,000 euro from a total available grant facility of 3 million euro. The funds are made available under the Direct Support Grants Program, and these cash infusions are available to fund special projects that can help speed up growth and fast-track recovery from negative effects of the pandemic. 
micro, medium, and small enterprises form the backbone of many of our economies, generating precious jobs and opportunities for our people. Caribbean Expert must continue to focus our efforts on fast-tracking their recovery as businesses seek to diversify and innovate in the face of the ever-evolving pandemic, remarked the Executive Director, Mr. Diodat Maharaj. Mr. Maharaj further stated, supporting the development of a resilient, competitive private sector will lead to the economic growth and development of our region consistent with the Sustainable Development Goals. And we are always delighted to have support from the European Union in these initiatives. Firms who have previously never received grant funding from the agency will be eligible to apply, and the program will support projects in the following areas. Resource efficiency and renewable energy, digitalization of businesses, marketing and promotions, building resilience, purchase and upgrade of capital goods, certification, capacity building, and protection of intellectual property rights. In addition, Caribbean Export is encouraging women and youth-owned businesses to apply. Youth is defined as persons under 35 years of age. Caribbean Export will be accepting official applications for the current allocation until December 5, 2021. St. Lucia Time reports that Charge d'Affaires of the U.S. Embassy in Georgetown, Mark Coulain, announced the CARICOM will receive 2.5 million U.S. dollars in further COVID-19 assistance from USAID. He announced the funding during a review of the USAID CARICOM regional strategy on October 21st, according to a release. He stated that this review speaks to the level of importance that the United States holds CARICOM as a strategic partner in the global COVID-19 response and advancing health security in the Caribbean. The United States will work proudly alongside our regional partners, Pan American Health Organization, UNICEF, CARFA, and CARICOM, in efforts to mitigate and eliminate the effects of the pandemic in Guyana and the wider Caribbean. USAID Regional Representative for the Eastern and Southern Caribbean, Clinton D. White, noted that the new funding will also respond to the urgent gaps in COVID-19 case management, such as procuring oxygen, laboratory equipment, and other critical items to help reduce deaths from COVID-19 in Caribbean countries. CARICOM Secretary General Dr. Carla Barnett voiced appreciation for this aid, particularly on behalf of those CARICOM member states who would benefit, noting that no member state has been spared from this deadly virus and its devastating impact on the health and well-being of their citizens and their respective economies. She anticipated that the aid will assist the member states to intensify their logistical arrangements and communications to further support vaccine readiness while countering vaccine hesitancy and disinformation, which we anticipate will increase the number of persons vaccinated against the COVID-19 virus.
Congress. This additional aid from the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 builds on the previous COVID-19 support provided to Caribbean countries. USAID has provided nearly 63 million U.S. dollars in COVID-19 assistance to the Caribbean, including nearly 7.45 million U.S. dollars specifically to the Eastern and Southern Caribbean since the beginning of the pandemic to address the health, humanitarian, and economic impacts of COVID-19. The release said the USAID's COVID-19 assistance to Caribbean countries, coordinated through CARFA, is helping to deliver vaccines and get shots in arms, expand access to COVID-19 testing and treatment, protect and train health workers, deliver life-saving health commodities and equipments, share reliable public health information, and safeguard global health security. St. Lucia Times also reports that St. Lucia remains committed to the regional agreement on access to information, public participation, and justice in environmental matters in Latin America and the Caribbean, better known as the Escazú Agreement. In an online side event, Organized by Guta Environmental Law Association, Center for International Environmental Law, and Earth Justice to exchange views and identify areas for cooperation between the Arhas Convention and the Eskazu Agreement. St. Lucia's incoming Minister for Sustainable Development, the Honorable Sean Edward, asserted, We are meeting on the periphery of events in preparation for the UN Climate Change Conference, COP26, scheduled for November in Glasgow, Scotland. And there are many who cite the lack of political will as a challenge to the attainment of important national and international goals. I therefore give you the assurance that the Department of Sustainable Development and the government and people of St. Lucia will do all in our power to respect the principles espoused in your Airhus Convention and our Eskazu Agreement to use this wonderful tool for effective conflict prevention, post-conflict reconstruction, and the promotion of peaceful, inclusive societies. St. Lucia is one of 24 Latin and Caribbean nations that have signed the regional agreement concerning the rights of access to information about the environment, public participation in environmental decision-making, environmental justice, and a healthy and sustainable environment for current and future generations. The island state has since ratified on December 1st, 2020 and joined the Technical Secretariat and the other member states in celebrating its entry into force on April 22nd of this year. According to the Eskazu Agreement, as an unprecedented and powerful tool for climate action with a human rights-based approach, the Honorable Edwards joined shared anticipation that successful implementation of the Exazu Agreement will increase the visibility of St. Lucia and the other islands, solidifying better outreach and fundraising for projects that give access rights to persons and groups in vulnerable situations like the elderly, the youth, 
women, the LGBTIQ community, and other persons with disabilities. Not only will it open up a door for structured assistance from donors, it will also further serve as a solid and transparent framework for regional cooperation. Another exciting benefit that St. Lucia also looks forward to is in the institutionalization of cooperation both regionally and internationally, including the exchange of expertise between the Caribbean Court of Justice judges and that of the European Court, joint ventures to protect the environment and those who defend it between civil societies like the Antigua and Barbuda Marine Ecosystem Protected Area Trust and the St. Lucia National Trust, the setting of common standards in the region for environmental protection with guidance from the United Nations Environmental Program and our local bureaus of standards. The Honorable Sean Edwards' keynote address on the benefits and opportunities from the Escazú Agreement for St. Lucia and the Caribbean was delivered in mid-October during a virtual dialogue event on the cooperation between the Arhus Convention and the Escazú Agreement to promote the protection of access rights and of environmental defenders. St. Martin's Island Time reports that in keeping with government strategic initiatives to have St. Martin transition to clean, resilient, and affordable energy generation, Prime Minister Silveria Jacobs met with representatives of Grid Market. Grid Market is currently aggregating data and key information from government's GIS system in order to put forward options for a more sustainable energy for the people of St. Martin. The discussion focused on the first phase of the approach where this project is concerned. This project is in collaboration with Island Resilience Partnership, the Ministries of General Affairs, V. Rami, Tietat, and Finance, as well as utility company NV Gibby. Prime Minister Jacobs stated several large areas have been identified for this project and the recommendation is to have the production spread throughout the island. This will produce the risk of having energy produced at one location, such as the Gebi plant in K-Bay. St. Martin is almost entirely dependent on imported oil. As such, it is imperative that we continue our commitment towards diversifying the market with options for renewable energy and a resilient infrastructure as outlined by the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal 7, Affordable and Clean Energy. By March 2022, we would be able to give a more clear indication as to what is possible for St. Martin in order to provide more sustainable energy. This transformation will align with the Build Back Better principle, allowing St. Martin to be more resilient in a face of future natural disasters and accelerate its long-term climate mitigation and adaptation goals. All phases of this initiative, including final project bidding and vendor selection, will flow through the grid market platform. And finally, Travel Press reports that Tradewind Voyages is advising that 
the inaugural Caribbean season planned for winter 2021 will no longer take place. In a statement, the company cited concerns regarding the ability to deliver an exceptional guest experience that have been heavily impacted by continuing external factors. The difficult situation has been made to cancel the 17 planned voyages between December and April. Guest concerns about accessibility to certain islands and resistance to traveling in bubbles, which is a key part of brand experience, has brought the company to this conclusion. Tradewind Voyages CEO Alan McGregor explained that, as a company, the passion and vision has been to deliver an exceptional guest experience. However, with the current culmination of ongoing travel restrictions in place, for the winter season does not allow us to deliver the exceptional customer experience which the brand stands for. McGregor continued, our commitment is always to deliver an outstanding experience for our guests. With so many variables at play for this winter, we have made the tough decision to cancel these Caribbean voyages. Instead, we plan to focus our efforts in delivering our European 2022 summer season and return to the Caribbean for the winter season in 2022. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, October 25th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.